Ready? Let's yeah. do it. Low energy. We are a little low energy today. Let's do it. Not me. No, no, you're not. I'm good. Okay. And I keep getting these pop-ups. In this episode of The Full Nerd, custom 5700 XT cards, AMD leaves no GPU behinds, and Adam's monitor adventure. Welcome to the Full Nerd episode 109. I am your host Gordon Maung with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello. Elena is not here today. She has something cool to do. And Adam Patrick Murray controlling the vertical and horizontal. Uh, and I realized I made the graphic for the video before Elena uh, was not coming, so it said with Elena E. So it's it's she's always omnipresent. She's here. She's wearing She's unstable here with us. molecule outfit so she can't see her right now only marvel fans Wait, is that, oh i was about to say is that a real thing what yeah it's real <laughs> is it a cloak of the marvel universe oh i don't follow the marvel universe I'm... it's a uh so you know when a superhero lights on fire and then they land and you don't see their junk they're still wearing the uniform right i'm sorry like, say, say that again so oh. if a superhero takes off they fly around they land their clothes burns off wait they why land. are they Oh, because they're in the atmosphere, that that high up in the atmosphere. No, if you no, no, if you catch on fire, so like you're, or say you go supersonic or whatever, or you go okay. through gamma radiation. Why doesn't all of your clothes immediately dissolve off? Because Reed Richards uh-huh. created uh, unstable molecules. Oh, they've not brought that up in the MCU yet. I'm sure. Well, that was easy. Well, it, it, does it does the same thing apply for the Hulk? Like when he he hulks out and then he rips all of his clothes? No, that makes no sense at all. You, be, you should be looking at Hulk junk there because Reed Richards actually basically created unstable molecules for superheroes to wear. Bruce Banner probably doesn't get the unstable molecules. He just gets like some Levi's or something. Well, but it's always, out. yeah, it's always just the, the little part of his jeans. So maybe just the jean shorts are unstable molecules? Yeah. No, no, they're not because he'd have to, he would actually have to be a costume, but, but, but Bruce Banner never was... Like, you know, well, he did at at some point over the 85 years the Hulk has been around. He probably has been a hero in certain organ. He was part of the Avengers, I think, at one point. Uh, was he in Defenders, too? Anyway, he does not have unstable molecule pants, ah, which makes no dang sense. Dang it. They should just, you should be looking at Hulk junk, basically. Maybe he'd wear stretchy underwear or something, but I don't know. Uh, I'd rather not. I'd rather look at uh, AMD GPUs, right? Oh. Some of the, this, uh, this, especially this really awesome one lo- that looks like a, uh, a a hot rod. Brad doesn't write Brad? comic books anymore. Oh, he's talked fifty seven hundred Radeon fifty seven hundred XTs. How many you look yeah. at? Yeah, I've looked at a couple of high end ones recently. Actually, I looked at a uh, entry level Sapphire Pulse fifty seven hundred before that, and it was good. Uh, but today we're going to talk about the 5700 XTs. Um, the reviews are a couple weeks old now between us going to Corsair and me having to miss an episode or two. But I want to talk about them because they're pretty interesting. Uh, one I would call virtually perfect. Um, and the other one, I loved it. Uh, but there's a lot of controversy around it. So I just thought we'd, we should talk about it. Okay, yeah, definitely. What's first? All right, so let's start with the controversial one. Ooh, the uh, no, XFX. We'll no? stuck there the whole time. Don't you think we should talk about the other two and then? All right, okay. Go ahead. I don't want to mess. I don't want to mess up your rhythm. He's, He's got, got a flow. Okay. Mind from He's the got Nitro Plus a flow. to the Radeon Image Okay. okay yeah, so what's the controversial one? So, so the controversial one, I actually gave four stars. Uh, it's definitely flawed. It's the XFX RX fifty seven hundred XT. Thick 
2 Ultra. That's a long name. It's thick, T-H-I-C-C, as in thick boys, thick girls, uh, you know, street cred. <laughs> uh, it's flawed. Uh, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, it is. I, I compared it to like a high performing muscle car. This XFX brought back the legendary. Uh, I think it was uh, five eighty. No, that's not right. Three eighty, two eighty. Dual dissipation design, double dissipation design. So it's a gorgeous card. It's plastic. To me, I love it. It's a nice clean black shroud with chrome highlights. Got a nice grill on the back. Uh, it's extremely fast. It's, you know, varies depending on the game, but between 2 and 9% faster than the reference card, uh, the reference Radeon RX 5700 XT. Uh, I had some terrible issues with it out of the box. So did a lot of other people. Uh, the default BIOS that I got uh, was borked to all hell. Uh, the fan speeds hardware and box suffered a similar fate and they actually, uh, did a review reviewing the borked bios. I waited mine about a week until I could get a fixed bios and mention both. Uh, the fan speeds were stuck at like some ridiculous number, like 65, 35,000 RPMs. It registered as in the software out of the box. But when you looked at the fans, they weren't actually spinning. <laughs> so when you go into a game, um, it took a couple of minutes, and then it would shoot up to over 100 degrees and then start whirring at some tremendously fast fan speed. Uh, and that's how the first shipment of all those cards landed. Uh, to its credit, XFX had a BIOS update available that the day the cards actually got into people's hands. Um, that being said, while flashing a new BIOS on a graphics card isn't really hard, if you use tools, Tech Power Up has a great one. Um, that really sucks that you have to do that for your $440 graphics card right out of the gate. Uh, but after you apply that, it, it, it works, it's fine. Um, some issues with it is that it runs kind of hot. Uh, they overclocked it to very fast speeds. I was seeing up to around 2 gigahertz speeds, which is very fast for a Radeon card. Uh, but on the flip side, that made power draw go through the roof. Uh, so it uses a lot of power right up there with like a 2080 or 2080 Ti. Uh, it's kind of loud because to tame all that power, they have to run fan speeds at 2400, I think it was, up to RPM, uh, which is really fast. Pardon me. So you can hear it in effect. Um, these are all negatives, but I just really love the design of the card. It is uh, beautiful. I love it. It looks like a hot rod to me. To me, the fact that it runs a little hot, you need to tinker with it. You can hear it working. That just added to the hot rod kind of feel for it for me. I couldn't give it an editor's choice award. I couldn't give it five stars or anything like that, but... It's a flawed card, but I love it. In my heart, it reminds me of the Radeon, I've mentioned about it before, the old 295X2, that big, ridiculous, water-cooled card where it's just ludicrous. It's not perked by any stretch of the means, but there's just something unique about it, and I liked it. It's the same with this card for me. Uh, the controversial part is apparently the fan speed woes go much deeper than that. Steve at Gamers Nexus did a teardown of the card, tested the card thoroughly, 
and he discovered that once you start messing around with fan speeds, there are a whole lot of issues if you're going to start setting custom fan curves and stuff like that with this card uh, that XFX's software has issues with. Uh, the way that we review cards is out-of-the-box performance, so we don't get into that too much in our reviews. Uh, but out-of-the-box performance, I really liked it, but if you're going to plan on tinkering with the wind stuff, I really recommend going watching Steve at Gamer's Nexus review because there's a, a lot of software issues there. Isn't this something but, that gets fixed in the long term, though? I mean, it, obviously not the greatest out-of-box experience, but do you, do you think they're going to fix it eventually? Well, they already have that new BIOS. I tested the new BIOS, and that fixed the out-of-the-box, although it did run loud, like I said. Uh, I think there might be a deeper issue with AMD's drivers as well, because this isn't the only card that has had some sort of fan speed woe and needed a BIOS update pretty much immediately. <laughs> a lot of these RX 5700 cards uh, are having some sort of fan speed issue that needs correcting like as soon as they come out so i'm not 100 percent sure how much of it is on xfx and how much of it is on amd but there's something going on there hmm. that's very weird uh shout out to corm uh on youtube chat says fan speed woes is the name of my nerdcore band <laughs> yeah, uh also uh patrick g is would like you to uh explain further because uh, they're saying so the aesthetic design is why this overpriced badly designed card is getting a good review it got a good review because it's a lot faster than the reference card that's 400 bucks uh it's much in my opinion more beautiful and it is even though it's louder compared to some other custom cards it is still much quieter than the reference card so it improves on the reference card in pretty much every way hmm. it, it does have a dual bios switch as well uh which came in very handy when i ran into those issues with the initial batch mm -hmm. uh I mean, it's just as fast or damn near as fast as a 2070 Super that they start at 500 to 520 bucks for 440 bucks. So nice. it might not be perfect, but I personally feel there's a lot to like about the card. Uh, part of that has to do with the order that it came out, because the other card we're going to discuss next came out literally the next business day after this one. And it's just miles better for the same price. Hmm. And that is the hard part as a reviewer, too, right? You get you review an order that you, you get them. Yep. And then I think this this would be interesting. I'd love to hear other people's, I mean, as consumers, their, their opinion on this. But do you, how much can you factor in leaked information, what you know might be coming into a review, you know? Even though yeah. it's something like, so the classic, you, which I think the situation you brought up last time is like, what if you have a, an AMD card in for review, NVIDIA briefs you on a new card that just blows its doors off, but it won't come out for three weeks till after that one? Yep. How do you judge that first card? I, I always judge cards based on what's publicly available, what we've tested, not promises for the future. Like I've said before, as far as DirectX 12 performance and ray tracing performance, you can't bet on the future. NVIDIA does do stuff like what you just said. AMD does it too. Sure. Um, so if I have a card in the hand from AMD, say, and I can compare this card, this mystical, let's say, Radeon RX 690 against a 590, that's something I can actually measure. 
if at the last second NVIDIA comes in and says, hey, we're going to launch this one in three weeks, the 1660 Ti Super, it's going to be 20% faster here. Look at this graph. Uh, I know that AMD and NVIDIA can both be very wonky with their graphs, so you got to take them with a big grain of salt. So I throw that out the window when I... Yeah, so you wouldn't consider it. I yeah. always, I, I generally try always not to include non-launched hardware because it's yeah. difficult because what if they push it back the last minute and it doesn't come out for another three months? And That said, if there are, like, rumors flying everywhere and, you know, 15 different sites are reporting this thing's going to launch in two weeks or whatever, I won't necessarily factor it into my review score, but I will mention it in the course of the review so that people know what's coming. You know, I, actually, Brad, I'd like to ask you this because clearly th- this is a controversial card at this point. It's officially controversial because I think X- XFS, XFX and Steve have gotten into a verbal tiff over this. Yes, sir. But I I do want to talk about the point. Like, you gave it four stars. I looked around, and I think a few other sites also gave it fairly high scores too, right? I mean, overall, mm-hmm. the card did pretty well. Mm-hmm. Is it possible for... Uh, one re- some reviews to not match up. Uh, not all reviews always match up, right? That's what I'm getting to. Not all reviewers have the same criteria. Uh, and reviews are subjective to begin with. We make them as objective as possible. We, you know, list the exact hardware that we use to test. We run the same tests every time. We tell you how we test so that you can go reproduce them if you want. That being said, there still is subjectivity to this. Like I said, at PC World, most of our audience just takes a card, puts it in the PC, and runs it. So that's the reason that I review graphics cards in that way. I won't test overclocking performance. I won't test stuff like that in main reviews. I take the card, I put it in, I run it, I let you know how it goes. Because that's how the majority of our audience is. Gamers Nexus, on the other hand, I think their audience skews very heavily towards tinkerers. So those are the people that will be interested in all the issues that steve said he has with this card is very crucial to his audience i think it's less crucial to our audience so you know it's just a matter of perspective and worldview there you know and it really does get to the customer i because i can honestly see if you are really a gearhead you want to get in there you want to repace the card and do all these other kind of you know out of warranty Makes things a big difference big difference and then there's the kind of person then you're going to go you're going to go buy to use your muscle car analogy, you're going to go buy a car that really is, that's all that, right? It's just sort of like very friendly towards, you know, tinkerers and high-end tuners. And there's really a crowd that's just like, I like the way this card looks. I'm going to put it in my box and never do a thing with it, right? But I, they're going to enjoy the way it looks probably more so as much as that person enjoys repacing the card or doing whatever they want to their fan curves, you know. Yep, it looks it looks damn fine in your case. Something I found interesting in Steve's teardown because I don't tear down graphics cards again for the same reason. Yeah, you know our audience doesn't do that, or the majority of our audience. I'm not going to say everybody because some people obviously do. Uh, as it turns out, a lot of that shroud is extra padding. It's just basically a normal sized cooler in there. They just called it thick and used the shroud to make it look bigger, which is not something that I think I'm super cool with, but. Well, I still like it. <laughs> you know, but again, I mean, I I understand where people are coming from. Like, yeah, if you are, if you're going to be hardcore messing with your heart, you know, your video card, and you're a liquid nitrogen kind of person, it's not for you, right? Yep. But at the same time, 
if you buy a a muscle car, right? Because they have different. Like if you look at a Dodge Challenger, you can go get up to a Hellcat, and then you can get the one where it's just all the plastic and it looks cool. So and yep. it doesn't go as fast, but you're just into the looks. So there are people yep. who are that's where they get their that's what floats their boats, right? So that I me, also I, like Dodge Challengers. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I yeah. If I if I had the fantasy money, I'd probably have a nice Challenger, right? Because they're just awesome because they look like the originals. You, and if you were compared to the original, the original one was actual chrome and all metal. And so my friend has one. So the new ones are all plastic. So not quite the same thing. All right. But, but yeah, that's basically. So this card, I think it boils down to what you want to do with it. If you just want it to look cool and be fast and you don't mind the fact that it uses a little bit more power and, you know, it's a little bit louder. You can hear it. If you're using headphones, you won't hear it. It's quieter than the reference card. It's a good card if you want to get in and tinker and stuff like that. I think Steve's review sh- shows that there are better options out there, including the one we're probably going to talk about next. Okay. What's that? The Sapphire Nitro Plus Radeon RX 5700 XT. Uh, I have literally no complaints about the card. None? Uh, Not at all? <laughs> I can't, can't think be $100 of anything cheaper, I would do. It's it could be a hundred dollars cheaper. That would be nice. It's actually it's uh, so popular and in demand right now. Actually, that people hop on it. We have alerts set up for different deals and sales and stuff like that. So we see when and when things go back in stock, and people on Reddit be like, "Go go go! This card's back in stock. Go get it now!" And then link out to Newegg, and it'll be sold out in fifteen minutes. Even though they're selling it for markup prices because this card is wonderful uh the sapphire like i said nitro plus 5700 xt it's kind of big um it's a little thick it's more that it's long it's about a foot long so if you have a smaller case it might not fit in it but is it but is it thick it is not quite as thick as xfx as i have to say you can see it right (laughs) in the name but not all plastic (laughs) No, it's not all plastic. There is some plastic on it. There's aluminum. There's a nice shroud. Uh, it's a triple fan design versus the XFX's dual fan design. Uh, and what it does is the two outer fans spin in one direction, and the smaller inner fan spins in the other to make... Hmm. I have a description in the review. I'm too tired. I'm not going to get into hmm. it, but it affects the wind flow inside where all the heat is. Uh, and it runs super-duper cool. Uh, since there's the three fans, they top out at, with the default BIOS, this, uh, at 1800 RPM, which is virtually silent, even under full load. Hmm. Uh, it's extremely fast. It's just as fast as it's just a hair slower, like a frame or two per second slower than the XFX model we just discussed, but it's just loaded with nice extras. Like the card looks nice. It's got aluminum all over the place. Um, it actually, the triple fans, you can buy a $30 upgrade kit and just use a single screw to slot them out and put them in and get RGB fans uh, if you're into that. Uh, to me, it's kind of useless unless you have a vertical GPU mount because otherwise they're just facing down in your case. But if that's your thing, you can do it. Um, it a lot of graphics cards have a dual BIO switch. This one has a triple BIO switch. <laughs> So it's actually good, three is it's better. actually pretty great because the standard dual bio switch in most of these cards are you know performance and quiet mode and that's what this card has but then you flip it over to the third one and it makes it so that Sapphire's tricks software controls the BIOSes so you don't have to open your case and mess with that stuff if you don't want to 
So it's a bit extra, you know, maybe not something everyone's going to touch every day, but I consider that a nice quality of life improvement. Uh, the biggest quality of life improvement for me, beyond saying this card is beautifully designed, it's quiet, it's fast, there's nothing to complain about it physically as a card. Uh, Sapphire's invested a lot of money and overhauled its Trix software, whereas before I really, sorry Sapphire, but Trix was like, eh, it felt like one of those software suites that all the graphics cards manufacturers put out kind of because they have to, there's nothing particularly special about it, anything like that. Um, this new update to me uh, is wonderful. It puts it on par with EVGA's Precision X and MSI's oh. Afterburner. Wow. Uh, because they they have tools to check your fan health and replace your fans if you want. Uh, they have tools to overclock, just like you would expect. Uh, but the big the big highlight feature that I haven't seen a lot of people review, a lot of people who reviewed the Nitro Plus, pardon me, uh, reviewed the out-of-box performance, but not this Trix Boost software, it's called. Uh, what Trix Boost does is it creates custom resolutions just below the, the common gameplay resolutions. So 4K, 1440p, 1080p. Yeah, You can tell the software to create a custom resolution for your monitor that is set to a percentage of that. So by default, it's 85%. So you say, hey, create custom 85% scale monitor resolutions. And you hit apply, and the screen will flash and blink a whole bunch of times uh, because it actually creates new resolutions you can select in in Windows. You can select it in-game, stuff like that, 85% by the default scale, uh, which gives it a tremendous performance boost. Uh, And it has very, very little loss of visual fidelity, you can see some if you're, you know, taking screenshots and looking real close for differences. But when you're playing it in game, you really can't notice it. Uh, and even more so in Direct X12 games, because Trix Boost leans hard on the new technology that AMD just introduced with the RX 5700s, uh, Radeon Image Sharpening, which basically uses it's like DLSS without the need for tensor cores. It intelligently cleans up images when you downscale them, basically. So when you merge that with the reduced monitor resolutions that Trix Boost provides, uh, you get just tremendous, tremendous speed performances enhancements uh, with very little loss of visual fidelity. It gets going as fast as a 2080 to a 2080 Ti, somewhere in between those. Uh, All that being said, it's not unique in the fact that you can use other enthusiast class software or like the Radeon settings application to create your own custom monitor resolutions, do your own things manually. So you could theoretically do it with every card, but Trix Boost and Trix Software makes it so easy and open to users that I consider it a huge feather in their cap, and it's a big win for Sapphire. Uh... I just recently published the best 4K graphics cards, an article about those, and the 2080 Super 1, because that's what it is. But I called out RX 5700 XTs, and this one in particular, as a budget 4K gaming option, because Trix Boost kicks that much ass. It works that well. Yeah, yeah it's great. So it, it's, it, it's uh, like I said, anybody could make, make it with other software, but if you just want to take it out of the box and use it, 
like our general cus- our general readers do, like uh, what I was saying earlier. It's dead simple. It's great. Like it is a difference maker and a reason to buy it alone for me. The fact that it comes with such a perfect card just makes this like a killer option. I think. Does it? So I'm just trying to think of how this works. So you go into the utility, you say, "Hey, I want to play at uh, say 1440p," and you say 85 percent, and then it creates on the fly 85 uh, percent lower or 85 percent of that res, and then it. Then the game, then it creates a profile, and then the game will actually let you select that resolution. You have to go. Yep. So you go into the software. I just pulled it up, uh, and you can pick between 4K, 1440p, or full HD. And you have a scale slider that you can pick, and they'll tell you what resolution it'll make. So if you do the default 85 percent for 1440p, it says in game select 2176 by 1224. And then when you boot up your game, you just want to change the resolution to that. Hmm. And you want to make sure Radeon Image Sharpening is on. The problem with Radeon Image Sharpening, not a problem, but a drawback, is that it doesn't work with DirectX 11 games, uh, only DX9, Vulkan, and DX12, so you won't see its benefits in every game. But that being said, I tested it with like Far Cry New Dawn and a couple other DirectX 11 games, and it still looks fine in action. For the for the wrists image sharpening, but the the rest without the, wrists, okay. yeah, huh? I just I'm and when you exit the game, it goes back to your desktop res. It doesn't like yeah freak out or yeah. something. Yeah, is that so when it's creating? When it's creating? When you're initially creating? When you you know turn this on because you can check create the 4K alternative the 1440p, and then you hit apply. When you hit apply that first time. Your screen will flash for like 30 seconds as it sets itself up. But after that, it's just seamless. I like that. That's pretty clever. Although, is that cheating, Brad? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Only if you're doing it in preventative legal education. Well, I don't, mean, <laughs> I, I don't mean cheating in competition, but I mean cheating for hardware makers. Because a lot of hardware makers say, hey, there's no... Compro-. You definitely give up something no matter what, right? Playing in a yeah. resolution. So if you were another manufacturer, say, we're not. We give you all the resolution. No, so no... Uh, well, so do they. The thing is, this is a super fast card. It's just as fast as the the XFX is the fastest Radeon uh, RX 5700 XT that I've tested by only a couple frames per second. This card is just as fast. This is just like a cherry on top, and I think it's a freaking delicious cherry. No, it's, a, <laughs> it's one of those things where you go like, wow, why didn't somebody think of that before? I'm sure somebody has, yeah. but it didn't catch on. But I like, And it's not know? only this card. If you don't... if if you don't can't spring for the full four hundred and forty bucks or can't find the Nitro Plus, it's also available for their budget Sapphire Pulse fifty seven hundred and fifty seven hundred XT. Uh so those are only ten dollars over MSRP. Uh I haven't tested it, but Sapphire representatives tell me that it also works with all of their other recent cards as well. So if you have a Sapphire fifty nine 590 or a Vega or something like that, it should work with those as well. Wow. Yeah. I like it. I mean, I. Yeah. Super cool. <laughs> it just makes sense, right? Because you probably can't. I The theory is you can't see it. So why not? I'm sure, it, 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 I'm sure it varies game to game and person to person. But for me, playing around with it in five or six different games, like I said, if you take screenshots and look real close, there are times when you can see a little something, but just playing with it, you can't see it. I can't see it. I wasn't playing like, you know, 
drop dead gorgeous sure. games that you know i'm sure there are instances where you can but for a lot of games this is like a magic bullet almost but i mean i mean this actually is a, it's a good segue to the next one too because radion imaging sharpening see that's why i want to talk about the xfx yeah, card boom first. yeah okay, okay. <laughs> so so yeah radion image sharpening good Radeon image sharpening, as we were just discussing, uh, it makes downscaled resolutions look less crappy. So, like, say you have a 4K screen or 1440p screen, let's say. Let's say you have a 1440p screen, but your graphics card can't keep up with that, so you play at 1080p. Uh, Usually that makes it look a little bit blurry. Uh, And by usually, I mean it does. Uh, Radeon image sharpening combats that. It uses algorithms. It's smart and intelligently you know, cleans up the image. It's not perfect. It's pretty good. Uh, it works, like I said, with DirectX 9, DirectX 12, and Vulkan. Uh, initially came out with these RX 5700s, but a couple weeks ago, AMD pushed it out for all of its kick-ass uh, mainstream 1080p cards. So the RX 570, the RX 580, and RX 590 all got it, uh, which is great. You what know. about my Vega, Brad? I, I wanted my Vega card. Again, controversy. I guess it's controversy in AMD land this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at the time, PC Games N, another publication, asked that of AMD directly. So what about Vega? What about my Vega card? And AMD said, we're continuing to evaluate future things, if there's demand for it, etc., you know, etc., etc. And uh, a lot of of fury happened after that i thought fury was a previous card <laughs> <laughs> That's true. so radio image sharpening coming to fury confirmed <laughs> wait is it on fury no no it's no, not okay. <laughs> so yeah so anyway uh a lot of people weren't very happy about that uh i saw it all over twitter and stuff in the article i just did about it uh there are some very highly upvoted and largely commented on threads in the RAMD subreddit saying, I mean, of course there's demand for this. Uh, it's an awesome new flagship software feature in up until these RX 5700 cards launched two months ago. Vega was the flagship card. We spent all this money on it even during cryptocurrency booms. What do you mean you're thinking about bringing it to Vega? Bring it to Vega. Uh, so the good news is Two days ago, uh, maybe yesterday, uh, it was two days ago, uh, a new Radeon software update brought Radeon Image Sharpening to Vega as well. So now pretty much their entire stack of last-gen products support Radeon Image Sharpening. So it's it's a great technology, except Fury's a couple generations ago. Uh, It doesn't work on, like, the RX 560 or 550. What about but a 480? A 480 is- and a 470 support it. They're all based on Polaris. So 480, 470, 570, 580, 590. All the Vega cards, Radeon 7, and uh, obviously the RX 5700 XTs. Boy, I tell you, so, that's a. It, it's going to be really a bummer for those Fury owners. That All <laughs> five of them. The five people who actually were able to get their hands on Fury will be very I like. I got one of those around here. I still like that. I like that a lot better than the Liquid Cool Vega 64, actually. <laughs> yeah. The Vega 64 just had too many 
Like they made the tubes too long. It was too loud. They just dropped it on a product level. Why? why I, although I have to wonder why even bother to, to, to even like, well, maybe we'll support it on, uh, on Vega. I mean, it's like a given that you see your, your, your very previous top flagship part. Why would they not? Why would they even, it makes me think my, they were like, Oh, maybe we'll see if nobody notices. I, See, my guess is it was just a stock PR answer, like PC Games and wrote back to them and said, hey, man, what about Vega? And then, you know, the PR agency's like, oh, yeah, we're constantly evaluating stuff for the future, no product announcements, not realizing that it would come off a little bit tone deaf. I think it was probably just oh. a communications thing, and it was probably already in the works. It's uh, but, everybody wants to talk to their manager thing that I've been talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I need to talk to your yeah. manager right now. Actually, somebody <laughs> wants to talk to Gordon's manager because yeah. uh, they're saying they're still using their fury. Goddamn you, Gordon. Yeah, well, the one part, you should <laughs> be just card. happy. It's a good card. I just like, they were so, I mean, they must have sold like 50 of them. So that's like, well, you should just be happy they didn't have one, you know, period. That's just, <laughs> had lights. Did it have lights too yeah i had the yeah, gpu had tachometer lights. i wish and they they went away from it and i wish they didn't because i love seeing that thing light up it's again like the hot rod i love seeing it hey it's going under load look there's more lights light up now i'm a simple man with simple pleasures <laughs> i'm actually surprised they haven't just put leds and you're right about the fans because they're typically facing down but the mm-hmm. back plate which i don't even this know nitro what it does, does. yeah that sapphire the nitro one does the does sapphire one does and it looks really interesting it's like a it logo actually. right Oh, yeah. yeah, it's the logo, and the way it has the cutouts through it, it's also the logo on the side, and it comes up through the cutouts, and it looks actually super good. Uh, the default setting for it is the rainbow vomit flashing thing, yeah. and it didn't look like vomit in this case. I actually liked it. So. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> but no no tack, though. I always kind of like the little no tack thing. Yeah, I love that. But yeah, it seems like that's gone away. That's actually kind of a bummer thing that we don't see anymore, because the, the original... I don't know if it's truly the original, but the original, the first LED modules I saw were some Corsair dims way back in like the DDR two days, I think. I still have some in the basement somewhere, but the, but the top, they were actually, they would show you access to the memory banks. So it would just move, you know, clearly I, it was like, what was the point? But it was cool at least. That's before you could I love, control I stuff. I love that stuff. Like uh, George was talking about when we visited Corsair last week. Like on CLCs, they'll change colors depending on how hot it is. To me, it's the same thing with the GPU tachometer. Even if it's just stupid lights lighting up, it'd be like, oh, you know, I'm hitting it, the GPU a little bit harder right now. You can tell because it's lit up 50%. And I, I just like little things like that. Yeah. As long as you're not sacrificing, <laughs> you know, you know functionality. Because I, I can't see like replacing a backplate that at least helps wick some heat away with insulating with plastic but you can yep. integrate a few leds on there yep yep but, but the nitro plus is highly recommended <laughs> nitro plus but here, i have a question because it, when amd showed off first at the e3 event they, they did not sell it very well well but they were definitely I, the one demo i saw was like hey this is cool because they showed um dlss versus wrists and the wrist was kicking its butt at that that point i and that was at 4k you know dlss looks pretty yep. soft at 4k right so yeah i'm can. wondering it depends if, on the implementation but yeah is it did were you able to do any image any image comparisons did it look any better worse uh hardware unbox slash tech spot uh have done a lot of really good testing around that tim over there has done excellent work uh i'd recommend people go check that out uh so in response to Radeon image sharpening, which does look better than DLSS in a lot of cases, like if you look at Battlefield 4, if you look at Metro Exodus, which was like the flagship 
uh, ray tracing title for a while. They look softer when you turn on DLSS, but you need it to because ray tracing hits the frame so hard. Uh, Radeon image sharpening has like very, very minimal performance impact, like 1% or 2% tops. Uh, and it looks better. You don't see that softness. It doesn't introduce that. Well, and is, uh, isn't it underlying like uh, a completely different uh, way that it's doing things? Like it's kind of two different kinds of processing, right? It is. It yeah. is a hundred percent. Radeon image sharpening is obviously still it's all on the card, whereas DLSS uses RTX dedicated tensor cores, which are really created for machine learning and enterprise and. NVIDIA is just levering that to make ray tracing happen. Mm-hmm. So it's totally it's AI-based DLSS. Uh, but since Radeon Image Sharpening has come out, NVIDIA actually introduced a new sharpening filter to, I believe it's Ansel, uh, to kind of mimic the behavior of Radeon Image Sharpening. So they're kind of trying to catch up to AMD there. And I haven't looked into it, but I guess Control has a new kind of DLSS implementation that is much different than the previous versions, which NVIDIA can do because this is AI machine learning based, so they can tweak DLSS and then change those things through driver updates real easily. Uh, And I believe Digital Foundry has a real good video about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And Hardware Unbox, too. Uh, They did a thing with the the new uh, GeForce image sharpening versus DLSS. Yep. uh, Yep. And that that was pretty awesome. Uh, But yeah, I mean... And it looks just as good as Radeon uh, image sharpening, or damn near close to it. They seem roughly on par. So I'm actually super glad that this is a thing that's widespread now, because like I said with the Nitro Plus... Uh, using these technologies and just slightly downscaling your monitor can give you huge performance benefits. And if both NVIDIA and AMD users can get that, that's great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really clever to think about it. Cause it's you, genius. They go in and they, they, they trick Windows into thinking... Because, you know, typically the games will look at the, the INFs, I think, for your monitor, right? You have various resolutions that are available for your mm-hmm. panel that the, the yep. hardware reports to it. So they're basically faking that out and then making the game think it's that although yep. i'm just wondering what happens if you all tab out and you go back to the desktop and you go back to your i mean i guess it's just like playing at 1440p on a 4k panel it just goes back to yeah your 4k so. res yeah I, but I'm so. just kind I, of, I didn't see any problems with it really and I, yeah. i'm just wondering if the issue is it the windows is now folded into running at this non-native res and things get a little soft there in the on the desktop but i guess they, they must have figured it out so i didn't try all tapping out of it i usually you know just test the things and make my notes and do stuff on another computer and i had to send that card back so i can't even check it and tell you all right so here's my question though uh for wrists and dlss and ray tracing it applies to that as well how much are we is it doing a disservice to pixel peep too much in games you know what i mean like a lot of times people will like hey let's look at let's let's grab stills from a game and then compare them mm-hmm. that's not really the same as playing a game at 65 frames a second you know yes and then running around frenetically and and that right is that the right way to do it or 
Do you I, have to have live side by side videos? I would say that that's why I like Digital Foundry because when they break that stuff down, they usually say, "Hey, you know, you might notice it, but in in normal usage, you know, they will they will say, "Hey, in static shots, it's going to look this way, and yes, you will notice it, but we think that this is going to be just as good of an experience if you, you know, they 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 try to trade the weight between performance versus visuals uh, when when they do that stuff. So yeah, I'm just thinking that it. You know, even like even for ray tracing, you say the same thing. If you never knew what you're missing, you don't. You're fine because honestly, it's okay. It doesn't you you've never seen it playing ray trace, right? So control is beautiful by itself. Yeah, you'd never think it was ugly until you turned on ray tracing. You go, oh, I want that feature, right? I guess yeah. for some people, but then some the argument is like, well, you know, you're not going to notice. And then it's the same thing. I guess that goes all the way down to consoles because. For some people, thirty-five frames a second is is fine, right? So that's not me, not console. <laughs> Thirty frames per second, worse image quality, uh, frame rate. Yeah, drops. yeah, I know. I just, yeah, no thanks. I was throwing them a bone on that. I'm just wondering <laughs> if sometimes we get a little too much into the the pixel peeping part of the. I think yeah, that is an issue. I mean, you can always, like I said, I did take screenshots and I did compare, and you can in some places see a difference, but when you're actually experiencing it, playing it. It's functionally the same. You're not ever going, wow, you know, that looks soft, or you can see the blurriness on that gate now, or anything like that. It's, this I mean, looks how it's supposed to look. Unless that's what you are playing games for, I guess, you know? Like, if yeah, you're, if you're yeah. in the middle of it, because there's definitely things like, uh, you know, I, I booted up Gears 5 recently, and yeah, there'll be like at least 10 minutes where I'll just like sit there and just look around and be like, wow, this is a pretty game. Uh, but then at some point I just play the game and, you know, you, you don't necessarily yeah, <laughs> just sit sometimes. there and stare at it. So it's a little both. There is a wow factor sometimes yeah. that when you have everything the game. super sharp and you get all your, your, your fancy effects and it definitely is worth it. But it just seems like... I'm always- eh. I'm always going to treat these things like the Nitro Plus thing as, like I said, a cherry on top. I won't evaluate a card based on an extra software downscaling feature like that necessarily. But it's a great option to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, Although I, oh, what the heck was my, I had, I had something I really wanted to make a good point. Ah, I can't remember it. it now. Dang it. <sighs> It was a good I'm all, too. like I'm seriously impressed again uh, while you're thinking about that you can do that yourself if you go into the NVIDIA control panel or you go into 80 AMD Radeon settings you can make custom monitor resolutions for your graphics card anybody can do that right now so if you go into my Nitro Plus review uh, there's a page dedicated to Trix Boost and if you look at the screenshot of the software in there it'll tell you exactly what resolution is the 85% scaling so if you want to try to recreate it for yourself, and you don't have a Sapphire card, you could go into the NVIDIA Control Center or AMD settings and create custom monitor resolutions and try it yourself. Does it have to be 85% if they found that to be optimal? Like, what if... That's just... That's what they say is the ideal mix between performance and visual quality. I had no issues with it. It's a slider. You can change it depending on how you want. Now I know the point I wanted to make. So this is is another... I like bringing up old-timer references like all old people, but (laughs) in the old days you would have the graphics card vendors come in and they would pick each other apart on visual quality, right? They, people would like, they'd have these tools, look at, oh, look at our AA, our AA's like way but They're cheating with this driver on AA. And they'd, they'd like, they'd phone up everybody they knew and they'd show you that, look, they're cheating here. 
Mm-hmm. And for for the most part, a lot of all the cheating in AA and all this kind of visual quality stuff, kind of like it kind of went away because everybody was focused so hard on it. But now mm-hmm. it feels like it's almost like, well, we're optimizing it. We're now calling what we would previously call optimizing. And then we're now saying, I'm going against the point I made earlier, but we are now you can't see this anyway, right? You're not looking at the outer parts of the, we're only going to, we're only going to make the stuff in the part that, that you're focused on sharper. We're not going to, so we're going to save some of our graphics budget and give you more performance that's, in the middle. Yeah. That's like NVIDIA's RTX. Yeah. And maybe GTX cars have that built in content adaptive shading. It's yeah. a thing in DirectX now. Yeah. Even exactly. Intel has it in, uh, in yep. uh, isolate graphics. But what I'm saying is, are we going to get back to the cheating part now? Because now it's going to be, it's going to, it feels like the 1990s again, where people are going to, like AMD saying, hey, look, our wrist looks way better than their DLSS. And then yep. you're going to get like, well, our, you know, uh, our adaptive shading, look, we're, we're giving you more, a sharper iris. And, you know, I, I... it is a concern, right? Uh, I agree 100% that this could be a slippery slope. But hopefully, reviewers will help keep all these companies honest, just like they have throughout history. There's been times when NVIDIA and AMD have both cheated on things and they've gotten discovered and called out for it and fixed it after that. Hopefully it would, this would fall into that as well. If it started to get too egregious in either way. Uh, and these days, as we saw with Vega getting radion image sharpening, uh, it's a lot, it's easy for crowds to make noise when they're upset about stuff these days too. Uh, so if something is going on and it does become a slippery slope where things just start looking like butt to run a little bit faster, people are going to be like, yo, this is garbage. Mm-hmm. And it'll get uploaded to the top of Reddit and people respond to that. I, I think I think there is, you know, reviewer and public policing that can help keep that from happening. But, yes, it is a concern. Hmm. OK, I, I was just thinking I, I was arguing against myself there at a certain point. <laughs> so Lane is not here. You so never do that. against myself. No, I just. Elena's not here. He's, you know, talking nice about consoles, policing against himself. No, I, I'm just saying. <laughs> but I, I understand, like, you know what? You don't, you're not looking at this pixel up in the upper left-hand corner, so I don't care. Why don't I, you know, and can. That's can, actually, I find that to be super smart, too, content of adaptive shading. It looks great in Wolfenstein 2. Uh, Wolfenstein 2 supports it. You can go use it if you have an RTX card. Uh, but it comes from virtual reality, actually, where they actually track yeah. your eyeballs and realize all the stuff. Foveated rendering. I right? think it's smart. Yeah, foveated rendering, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's smart. Smart. Uh, Shadow Warrior 2 also had it, and it greatly improved performance. And yes, if you were looking for it, you could see more shimmering in the corners. But that's, again, if you were looking for that. If you were just playing the game, it just felt like it was faster. And to me, a game feeling faster and still looking good is worth some shimmering in the corner that I won't notice unless I'm looking for it anyway. Yeah, and I, I don't know if you checked out, but in Future Mark they have the content, whatever adaptive shading that um, mm-hmm. you can run now, and you can run it and take screenshots and then go back and compare the image quality. So that's good to know. But again, that gets to like, yeah, sure, it's soft in a still frame captured one of five million. Does it really matter mm-hmm. that much to your eyeballs when you're playing it? I'm. I'm just saying it's going to be really, it's going to be really, really fuzzy going forward. It feels like sometimes. Yep, you know? I agree. Oh, we got to save some time because Adam's got something important. Adam has gone on an excellent monitor adventure. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm still, I'm still on it. I'm still halfway through. Uh, it's uh, been an interesting journey so far. Uh, I should probably recap real quick. 
What, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. So what was it? Uh, like a couple months ago, whenever Control came out, I played about half the game, was loving it, and Gordon was like, hey... Why don't you try it with ray tracing? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> after we had done some testing on stuff. Uh, and so I took home the RTX 2070 Super. And you had um, in your box... A 2080 Ti? No, 1080 Ti. I'm sorry, yes. 1080 Ti. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> 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 2070 Super versus 2080 Ti. <laughs> yeah. So you went from the classic, everyone, uh, every cheapskate in the world says you should buy 1080 Ti. Yeah. To 2070 Super, yeah. similar price in the. Yeah. I would say legendary 1080 Ti, but continue. Yeah, legendary. Uh, and I, <laughs> my monitor at home is uh, actually one of these guys. It's a, a Dell 4K 60. Uh, not a you know not an amazing monitor, but it's 4K. I like 4K for for photo editing and video editing and stuff. So I kind of lean on the work side, even though actually in truth I I play more games at, yeah. at, on my home PC than work. But I mean it's like probably uh, I don't know maybe. 30 60 um, and you got to be able to work when you need it yeah yeah something like that so anyway so i was like okay i i played uh, the rest of control with rtx and i was like wow that was great uh, i actually even went back to battlefield i mean you know whatever but metro i, I finished metro i had gotten like I don't know, 80% of the way through, but didn't finish it. So uh, I was able to finish the rest of Metro with uh, with ray tracing uh, and, you know, came back here and was like, wow, we, we had that segment for, what was it, RTX killer app or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, uh, Control. Yeah, is, is, is Control RTX killer app. And I'll say, man, that was, I mean, that got me excited. That got, that got me hyped. Um, but at some point, Gordon said, uh, well... Yeah, would you rather take this or high refresh rate gaming or something like that? We we, we got on that topic. Uh, I can't remember exactly how we got there, and I was like, "Well, to tell you the truth, I've I've never tried high refresh rate gaming. I've like high I said, refresh I, is nice. Yeah, I've, as early as I could. I mean, I went from like a 1080p 60 panel probably five years ago to 4K and and never looked back. Uh, so. Then, uh, yeah, I, I did the opposite. I, I took my 4K monitor, set it aside, and grabbed one of the, uh, one of the monitors, the G-Sync monitors we had here. Yeah. Um, and that was a bit of a journey in itself. That was uh, a 240 Hz 1080p competition monitor. Was it 200? Yeah, 240. Was it 240? All right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and man, so a couple things on this journey. Uh, I, I can't do 1080p. I just well, even for I, gaming, I, even for gaming, for desktop usage. I mean, definitely not for work. So, like, I just struggled day to day with that monitor. Like, regardless of the high refresh rate, the like the high okay. refresh rate was nice, but like 1080p, I I just I I, I just can't do it. Uh, I did. I don't know. What, what do you guys do at, at I'm home? The same. I run yeah. a. I'm old school. I run 1610. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I mean, I guess, you know, maybe a, a wider thing would give me more room, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, so just I, not, I, yeah, I, I wasn't really, rest, yeah, well, number one, I, because of that, uh, I wasn't really enjoying the high refresh rate as much as, you know, I thought I would. And also, it's a really old panel and like horrible backlight. It's the colors not, were washed out. I, I did not like the look of the panel. You're, I don't, I think it, it actually isn't that old of a panel. I think it's just simply. I mean, maybe it's not that old, but. It's for, again, I, I would call it a competition panel because 240 hertz, you're, you're definitely training for the esports Olympics, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so 
if you're not an Olympic competitor, then it's not really. Yeah, so I I was not I was not enjoying it as okay. much as I thought I would. So I was still kind of in the hey RTX was 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 nice. You know, I I don't know if I would give up uh, RTX for high refresh rate. There, I feel like you're confessing here, Adam. I you I know like I am. Confessing. You know I I I'm I'm purposefully talking and not looking at the chat because I can't do both at the same time. Okay. So you know I'm sure they're just yelling at me. Uh, so I'm I'm not sure. Uh, so my next step was to say okay. I, I 1080p. I, I just I can't sacrifice it. Uh, I'd rather do the the 4K with you know the the, the setup that I already had. Uh, so we had another panel actually used to be on on our set back there um, that was 100 uh, or 1440p 144 hertz. Ooh, the sweet spot. Yeah, uh, and th- that's what I'm using right now. The, the other problem is that I'm having some problems with this panel too. It's FreeSync, right? <laughs> yeah, so it, it's FreeSync. Um, it's not one of the co- compatible ones. Uh, I don't remember the model off the top of my head. But Brad, I have, I have a couple questions here that 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 cropped up in this. Okay. Uh, number one. Uh, so when I turn on uh, FreeSync in the panel, uh, you know, I, I get this little overlay that that says, "Hey, FreeSync is enabled." Uh, and then when I go into the GeForce settings, because I'm I'm running a uh, the, the mm-hmm. RTX 2070 yeah. Super, uh, I was hitting, uh, um, uh, no, no, I, I don't, yeah, so I, I played a bunch with trying to enable G-Sync, but, it, like, I was getting these weird screen artifacts, so I didn't, uh, yeah. man, what what was the setting? Oh, I guess I just changed this, the, the, the resolution in the GeForce driver, you yeah. know, to say, hey, for, force it to, to 144 hertz. And then I got this little overlay on my screen uh, that said FreeSync is only enabled between 30 and 90 hertz. Yep. That's one of the issues, like we talked about, I think we talked about recently, with FreeSync versus G-Sync. Uh, well, FreeSync- I always knew that that lower number. Gordon's like, oh, well, you know, what happens if you fall under a number? But I never realized that higher number. Uh, there are some panels that will only work like... 40 to 75 hertz even like a 35 frame per second window there wow. so there's a lot of variability with free monitors well so does that mean that i should go in and for the best experience cap it at 90 in the like in the game or in in the, the desktop uh if you turn on FreeSync and you turn on obviously the geforce compatibility for it and you also turn on, I forget the name of it. Not beast, not B-Sync. There's, yeah. there's an NVIDIA name. I forget the name of the technology. But basically, there's another. I can look it up and get back to you offline. Mm-hmm. There's another setting. So when you go above that refresh rate, uh, it'll kick in Just to and try to make it as smooth as possible. It's not quite the same thing, hmm. but it'll it'll smooth it out a bit. Yeah, because uh, so the other problem. Fast click. I forget. No, fast sync. Are you talking yeah. about fast sync? Oh, okay, yeah, I, I I did try that. Um, yeah. So the you know, so I was like, okay, well, how do I even know if the free sync is on? Like, I, if I go into the information settings in the panel, it just says off uh, that it's off. You know, and when I go into a game, it pops up and just says free sync only enabled between thirty and ninety. So I'm assuming I don't get free sync. Uh, and so I was still getting screen tearing. So at that point, I just turned VSync on in the game to get rid of screen tearing because I personally hate screen tearing, which is another thing. Yeah, same. I, yeah, I, I think. And you, 
you're fine with screen tearing, right, Gordon? Is that what you were saying? Like, I typically, I'm a. I'm you'd a, rather have the reduced input lag. I'd rather no. I would rather just have VSync on. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Maybe it was somebody in the comments. I don't comments. play Twitch games. I yeah, don't play I, Twitch I, games. I, 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 I. I, I can't remember. Oh, it was because our control video, we had capped it with VSync, and I was like, oh, hey, I wanted to show, you know, control without screen tearing, and people were like, oh, I, I never use VSync. I'd, I'd rather have the reduced input lag. So I th- Some people you know, do, frankly. They, they, they just don't like tearing. Yeah, te- tearing, I, I just can't do it. So, so yeah. But yeah, and- that's, that's talking more to the experience of FreeSync monitors and NVIDIA basically saying, you can try it if you want. We're not guaranteeing nothing. That's uh, yeah. more speaking to that than anything else. Well, yeah, no, I mean, and that's the thing. I'm like, okay, well, once again, you know, do do I then artificially limit myself or to, to try to just get that range? Or, I mean, really, I want to try to push the settings as high as I can to 144 hertz because I have it, right? But, but if I'm not going to get free sync yeah. between 90 and 144 hertz, then why even have it there? You're like that. Um, if, if you're just getting used to fast panels, uh-huh. uh, depending on what games you play, I would say 90 is plenty fast, much faster than a 60 hertz. So mm-hmm. if you, which obviously what you've been using. So if you wanted to try to cap it at 90 so that you did get free sync and that makes it so it does work, mm-hmm. I think that might be something you'd be interested in trying out. Okay. Maybe I should try it. Because 90 is appreciably faster than 60. Uh, 240 is obviously much more so. But going from 60 to 90 is a huge difference. Hmm. So even even that, if you can get that and pre-sync slash G-sync compatibility benefits, that might be a sweet spot for you. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, with the panel, you know, uh, I can't remember the, the name off the top of my head, but luckily it has an sRGB mode. Uh, so I, w- I was able to turn that on and, and kind of tweak a little bit, you know, uh, to the way I like it. So I, I so far, you know, and, and I kind of want to try some more monitors. Unfortunately, this new one we got in here from HP is 1080p. Also, oh, 1080 <laughs> Yeah. And 144. Or is it 240? No, it's, it, that one's 240. Uh, so, you know, the... <laughs> I, I, I gotta say, yeah, I gotta say, fourteen forty p. So you know, I've, I've been gaming on it for I don't know past month or whatever, maybe not that long. Uh, and then I've 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 worked from home for a couple weeks, or not for for a couple weeks, but a couple weeks. Uh, and and I I was worried. I was like, man, is the rubber gonna hit the road once I have to work in there and I have to you know, like scale the the resolution on the video and. Actually, it wasn't that bad. I was pleasantly no. surprised. I mean, it, I still prefer 4K, especially for photo editing, I think is where... I, I haven't really yeah, tried photo that. editing, so I think that's where I'd feel it more. But I was like, wow, okay, I could I could see myself having a, a 1440p monitor uh, and being fine for, for what I do at if home. If you got 144. If I got 144, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, like I said, my, my, my journey's not fully over yet, and I think the, the last thing uh, that will be probably indicative of of how the experience is going to go is that at the end of all this take all those high refresh rate monitors away go back to my original one and see like if i feel it because the rtx that like ray tracing stuff is hard because it's only game specific yep so you know what i mean it's i'm already playing stuff without rtx and it's not there but i think you can actually take away high refresh rate panels from me and and put me back in in my old setup and i think that's when 
it'll click for me of like, oh, wow, oh, okay, you know what, I don't think I could give this up or, or what. I you don't, would I don't want know. a ray tracing card at that point. You're saying. Yeah, yeah, that I would kind of be like, ooh, if I had, what, you know, $600, whatever, uh, you know, which one w- would it, would I get? Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. And the, the free, you know, I, I've always heard the debate between the, the, the free sync and uh, G-Sync stuff. Uh, and that's... So yeah, you're a little turned f- off of FreeSync um, within the hey, parts. Hey, I'm, but I mean, I've only tried one monitor, so you know, like yeah. maybe there's because uh, I think this one that we have here, like I said, it's only 1080p, so I I, I don't really want to try that one. But that one is on the G-Sync compatible list. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's also if, a very early. If it's on the G-Sync FreeSync. compatible list, you probably have a better time. FreeSync monitors don't tend to have that many headaches if you're using a Radeon card. They just work like. Or they just work within those ranges and stuff like that. Got it. You plug it in, it won't give you warnings. It'll just work with a Radeon card. Huh. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know, because it's FreeSync going through the G-Sync compatible layer. Got that- it. Well, uh, I will say, I'll, I'll finish up this, uh, you know, journey that a uh, recap that I have so far. We'll, 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 we'll get back to it in a couple months but i would really love if everybody in the chat could put in discord or even in the comment of this video or even tweet at me adam p murray uh i would love to hear some recommendations for for monitors 1440p high refresh rate monitors uh i would love to hear what people are using out there and you know maybe we can reach out and 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 get something nixius edge 27 edg nixius why that's a good monitor. How do I how do I spell <laughs> it's that? It's a FreeSync monitor, though. Nixius N I X E U S Edge E D G twenty seven. I mean, but it feels like I mean Adam is like that that burglar who broke into the beer's house, tried everything out, couldn't find anything, busted everything <laughs> out. You tried ten eighty p two forty. You tried four K sixty. You have tried fourteen forty fourteen forty p FreeSync one forty four. Yeah, the one thing that it feels like you haven't really tried. Uh, widescreen out not counting is 144 g-sync so like you get a choose yeah, one to yeah. well but i mean if if with ips which you can get an ips true but if yeah. we also stick with the the spirit of the the question i think the the question originally was if you had 600 whatever a 2070 super or 2080 super yeah whatever that was if you had that money would you rather put it into that because it has rtx or would you rather put it into a monitor i mean do you think you could still get a good 144 hertz monitor g that's g-sync for 600 dollars yeah, yeah. I mean, they were. That's actually probably about really? what they went for, for oh, okay. those first. Well, those first uh, one of the early Asus one that was like seven hundred bucks, and that was one forty four IPS. Had a lot of backlight bleed. But, <laughs> hmm? I think it'll be close. I think you could probably find one. <laughs> it'll be close because there's definitely a pretty penny for IPS and for G Sync. Yeah. So okay, and it's yeah. not the I, perfect content creation panel, but closer than those gaming panels yeah i mean and that's the other thing yeah i you know i'm very sensitive to the colors and the backlight bleed and you know contrast and stuff i I don't need hdr but i you know like having the srgb mode was nice on on the one that i'm using uh so yeah hearing you talk about all this makes me you know sit here and contemplate the way that nvidia has rolled out ray tracing actually because to me uh, think about high refresh rate versus eye candy, basically. Uh, Battlefield Five was basically the worst game that they could have introduced ray tracing with because you want that game to be fast. Uh, since then, I think games like Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Metro Exodus, Control, 
those are great games for ray tracing because they're not twitch shooters and i don't mind mm. getting a little bit lower frame rate to get the extra rays in there just something i thought about while you were discussing all this good point yeah it's uh it's been an interesting journey uh it, it's been fun so like i'm I curious said, to see it's going to be on day one on call of duty i'm curious to see how that holds up yeah i wonder oh yeah is that again, another that twitch shooter sort of twitch game and oh yeah. yeah and you want you want smooth smooth 144 for that well couldn't it be used only because to me call of duty is all its strength is also the single player single player missions in the story last uh, year's had no single player whatsoever uh, yeah <laughs> they, yeah, yeah you'd actually years? be surprised that they they sell most of it off of multiplayer i love single player but you'd be surprised most well, of the as people a battlefield loyalist that's like multiplayer <laughs> battlefield single player storyline Call of Duty. There you go. I mean, that's... I'll take it. I'll take it. I like them both, but I'll take it. <laughs> nice. Mm. Uh, why don't we get some questions before we uh, we have to get out of here, huh? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um. So we have a. Uh, you you can get your questions in on our full ne- full nerd Discord. Uh, there's a link to it in the description. Uh, we've got a, a great group of people on here. You can always put the question in here any time of the week, and we will get to it uh, when we get to it. Uh. We have we had last last week I will say uh during the live show we had a lot of people talking about backing up and cold storage uh for some reason in the chat uh and so During the Corsair episode? <laughs> yeah, it was it was a weird just side <laughs> okay. thing. I don't even know right. how we got on it. Uh but it kind of bled over a little bit into the questions. So, uh we've got a a multi multi-part question from Vegetable Stew. Uh great name. Um uh, kind of about this. Uh, can should I use an SSD for cold storage? Where you you you, you load it up and then you put it away somewhere for a while. How how does it? Don't they need ele- SSDs need electricity through them every now and again? No, to, I don't. Right? know. I so I honestly my feeling is you'd probably be fine. Uh, but there's just that concern that you know that's just continually bothered people with SSDs, and that is the the belief that. They will lose data when not powered up very quickly, but it has the NAND has to be worn out. It has to be at very high temps. There was a Seagate study that that sort of kind of spooked everybody. I I think you'd be fine. I actually should take an SSD from like five years ago and plug it in. I'm sure all the data is on there, just perfect fine. I I think I think you would be fine, but I just don't think it makes sense though. Because why would you ever want to do that? Um, for cold storage, it's also it's always about you know price per terabyte. So, I just bought a ten terabyte hard drive external USB for it was like one hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> I can't see like <laughs> they ain't gonna get me ten terabytes in SSD storage. So it's just you're paying a premium, and I don't understand why you would do that for cold storage. So I don't think that makes. Sense. And I think for consumer applications, I honestly you'd probably be fine. But uh, as they say, you know, one is none. You know. Two is none. You need two, right? Two is one. One is none. What? Whatever. <laughs> yeah. One is one is none. Backups. Two is one. Even if you have it, cold storage and an SSD, you should have another backup. Oh on yeah, another device. Actually, yeah. My my old boss, like the the first uh, creative job that I had was at an audio post house, and he always said, uh, "Data never truly exists unless it's in three places." Yep. Uh, so yeah, you, right. you've got you've got your normal one, you've got your backup on site, and then you have off site backup. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I agree with it. everything Gordon said uh, as far as I would totally, for cold storage, I would get the price per gigabyte hard drives instead. 
Yep. All right. 10 terabytes, man. <laughs> 150 bucks. Uh, we have a question. Uh, this was uh, earlier on YouTube, uh, but I, I held it for later. Uh, and I do not know how to say this name at all. I'm not even going to try. W-I-E-N-C-Z-Y-S-I-A-W. Yeah, not okay. even going to try. Uh, what do you think of the performance of a 5700 flashed with a 5700 XT BIOS? Brad? Uh, I know it? some people have seen success with that. Uh some people have gotten faster performance and higher uh, clock speeds from doing that, which is great. I'm always very nervous about flashing more powerful card BIOSes onto weaker cards. I know that in this case, it said that AMD, you know, artificially did that to segment the two products. But I'm always concerned about binning. Like, the way products work, uh, theoretically, one of the reasons that the card that you have is a 5700 instead of a 5700 XT is maybe the silicon just doesn't get that fast, so they made it a 5700. And if you try to do a 5700 XT BIOS on there, something could go wrong. Uh, So I'm always very nervous about that. Uh, If you have dual BIOS cards, go ahead, knock yourself out. But if you just have something like a reference card and you only have that one BIOS to fall back on, I would be hesitant to recommend it. But if you got dual BIOS, go for it. If you can get a faster card for free, why not? Okay. Uh, we have uh, somebody in the, the chat for, for a while, uh, Yo, uh, is asking about the, the best uh, 5700 XT uh, that they can buy. Well, what do you think, Brad? Is it, is it that Sapphire? That sa- if you want a perfect one, it's that Sapphire. Use the Nitro Nitro Boost. If you need to spend a little bit less money, uh, but you still want Trix Boost, and you still want a card that's a lot better than Reference, the Sapphire Pulse would be a good option. But if you're just looking for the best full stop, get that Nitro Plus. What if you want it to look the best? Uh, <laughs> I really like that thick culture, <laughs> but I would, I would, if I had 440 bucks, I would get that Nitro Plus. <laughs> I I'm, yeah I know people like to crap on that but it is there are people that are happy with you know V6 Camaros and because mm-hmm. they got a Camaro that looks like a Camaro but they're not paying the premium for a V8. Uh, all right, uh, the next one actually is for me from uh, DocuLab 3D. Uh, hi Adam, do you switch camera feeds yourself or are you using software like VMix? Uh, I am not hard switching cameras i I would not want to do that uh i actually come from a background with um uh god tricasters uh which you know is kind of an expensive proprietary solution so when i came here i tried to look up other software-based solutions and right now i use the live stream studio uh with a bunch of uh black magic PCIe based capture cards here and then we got the cameras around and I switch to it uh, in the software do the overlays and all that fun stuff it's a hard button you uh, push though right uh, well, no, no. The, the, the this this switch was way overpriced and I actually don't you don't need it you can just use it uh, on your you know just mouse driven so you don't need it it just makes it a little easier and actually I didn't have this when we were Corsair so I, I was just doing everything from my laptop Yeah. Uh, which actually I'll say uh, at Corsair I we have a couple different solutions for, for going live and so I actually experimented with something interesting when we went to Corsair uh, I had my um, Acer Concept D7 which I've been trying out uh, and then uh, through um, 
USB-C, I plugged in an external GPU dock and ran a PCIe capture card off of an external PC, uh, GPU dock because I was like, oh, hey, it's just a PCIe slot and that's what I need. I need PCIe slots. Uh, and it actually ended up working out. It's actually pretty nifty. Yeah. It's pretty nifty. Yeah. I was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. So Yeah. I will say it's interesting, too, because there's been that big push by... Um, nvidia into content creation laptops just mm-hmm. taking relabeling gaming laptops but yep. it really does look like it makes a lot more sense than trying to going for a smaller content creation laptop sometimes yeah and, and i've 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 personally never seen anybody use uh that uh that uh kind of system where you say hey you know i'm going to use an external pcie dock for something other than a gpu so that was i was like can you do it Oh, you sure can. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, that was nice. Uh, da, 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 we still have a bunch of questions from Corsair that, that oh. we never got around to. Right. Uh, Lightning round? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think it's any that we can answer. Um, okay. So this is kind of a, a weird one uh, from D2 Racing 911. Best gaming keyboard under $300. Are, are there... Ooh. Keyboards over three hundred dollars. Or re- wait, I feel like gaming keyboard under three hundred dollars. Oh, I like, like racing for some reason. I was like, What's no, right uh-uh. specific. Just I, uh, it's too bad Hayden's not here. He'd be the one to ask about that. If we, you have we Twitter, have I would soon. recommend uh, actually tweeting him uh, at Hayden CD on Twitter, and he could answer that for you. But in the meantime, uh, I will say uh, you should check out our. We have a best mechanical keyboards roundup where it kind of. Hayden keeps track of that and does all that stuff. So any ones that he really likes, he'll, it'll be in there. So I know he really likes, favorites? as far as expensive keyboards go, he loves the Corsair K95, mm-hmm. but that's a couple years old, so I'm not sure if that still applies. And that's like a MOBA keyboard, too. It's got like a billion extra macro keys on it. No, that's the Platinum. Oh, is it? Yeah, it has the extra ones. I, You know, I, I have to say, because at $300, because, you know, for most people, $100 gaming keyboard is perfectly fine with the cherry or knockoff switches i think it's a very much a personal reference but i gotta say if you're looking at 300 dollars, you're probably looking to impress people right mm-hmm. that's like a show-off item so i would say go with one of those um what are the the japanese keys the tofre tofre so you get a tofre keyboard and then you can say oh and somebody goes like what kind of switches you got you got omron you got uh, cherries you got razor whatever i got toe break and they'll be like oh <laughs> so that's the one that everybody's like whoa really no really yeah. okay at you you know well, actually yeah sure. we should have hayden bring bring that one but the fujitsu one back in yes i wonder if you ever reviewed that yeah i think he's still working on it but it's adjustable um actu- actuation and i'm sure Weird. it's a 300 it was like a 300 dollar keyboard and I oh think i think like, it was more than that i'm sure it was <laughs> it was so, it was an expensive keyboard yeah Topray, I'm the wrong person to ask this question because I just like mechanical keyboards with cherry blue switches. So. I know, but it's just it's so like, <laughs> yeah. you know, to me it's pedestrian, but I feel like when you're like at that enthusiast, I just want I want the highest end. Also, I also want to say, oh, I got this unique like that your buddies and and uh, uh, girl buddies don't have. Then you go for the, the Topray keyboard. 
that's just like right <laughs> uh, i mean but that's like that's more like san francisco hipster no you it's know, not of, of keyboards because like, that dude those are expansive man there's a reason why he's asking expensive. for a hundred dollar keyboard well but i mean i don't think you can get topra keyboards for under three hundred dollars so and then <laughs> i'm not that's just for the keyboard the key bait that's just the the keyboard then you go 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 to get the caps. caps. Oh yeah, man! I've always wanted to to do a, a build with my own keycaps. Yeah. Then you're yeah. like, yeah, and you're like, damn! I I thought my eighty five dollar special Amazon keyboard with a can of keys was special, and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've got a great question um, from uh, where to go? Yes, yo, uh, Anto is asking again. Uh, uh, would you ask the beard guy what games he's playing right now? I think that's you, Brad. That's me. Uh, right now, I've been busy for about a month or two, so I haven't been playing too many games, but I'm working my way through Control. I just installed, because it was a free game, uh, Mutant Year Zero Road to Eden, which is mm-hmm. one of our top ten games last year. I just installed that. And I've been playing, actually, because I have been so busy, uh, a buttload of Mario Kart on my Switch. Nice. <laughs> yes. I love my Switch. Uh, this one's for you, Gordon. Uh, flash photo. Uh, did John Giroux convince Gordon to buy pricier PSUs in your in your video? I so I have always believed in buying um, a good PSU. I think it's a good investment. Use it for a very long time. But I do realize for budget people, when you get into these budget builds, people that's the first thing that goes overboard. So he hasn't changed my mind because I've always believed you pay for a good brand. Because the warranty is only as good as the company. First that's thing is Windows. It. And what? No, but then you just have to. You have to have a good. I believe in good power supply, so no, no change. But I do believe uh, when push comes to shove, and you're building a six hundred dollar gaming machine, you are not going to buy a hundred and eighty dollar power supply. It just doesn't make any yep. sense. Right? True. Yep. So, but by the way, that was a great interview uh, over on the PC World uh, YouTube. We we had a great interview with John Jarreau, uh while we were at Corsair. We we've got. Plenty more also interviews known as coming Johnny up. Guru, if you know Johnny that Guru, name. I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah, you know, I there are a couple questions I left. I just forgot to ask too. So yeah, it's fine. Uh, quick one for Brad from uh, Kalai uh, on Discord. Perfect graphic card. Perfect graphics cards for 1080p, 144 hertz uh, gaming. Brad. Um, if recommend? I was in that price range right now, I would be looking at. Either 144 hertz. If you're looking to max it out, I would look at uh, RX, uh, an RTX 2060 or an RX 5700. Super? 2060 Super? or uh, The 2060 should be pretty good. It probably won't get 144 hertz in all games, but it'll get you good enough games, and it's $50 cheaper. So, as always, the more you can spend, the better. But I mean, like the 1660 Ti, you can get them on sale for 250 ish these days. They're MSRP for 280. I think that's a great 14 high refresh rate uh, 1080p card. It probably won't max out 144 hertz in a lot of games. So it depends how much you're looking to max out that monitor. Nice. I wouldn't look below the 1660 Ti. I would definitely try to look at, like I said, the 20 RTX 2060 or the 5700 at least. Beyond 5700. All right, let's do a couple more. Uh, uh, what is this? Saleh? Uh, this one's for you, Gordon, because I know you like talking about laptops. Uh, I'm planning on getting a new workstation laptop with good CPU performance. I prefer a 17 inch screen, but I'm not able to find any which is not heavy in case of travel or movement. 
Uh, for 15-inch, I'm confused between the Dell XPS 15, 9570i9, or Lenovo P1 Gen 2 i9. Boy, I tell you, it's really tough. Um, cause you can, you, you can definitely get more performance if you go heavier. So I think actually you might want to take a look at the GS75 because you're getting, uh, a decent, very good GPU. You're getting a decent CPU. Sounds like he needs specific CPU performance. Cause yeah. I, I at least know with that P1, because I was using that P1 for a while. That's a Quadro in there. So, Yeah, um, so that's the weird thing. I kind of feel like a lot of those kind of laptops that are, you know, sub five pounds, you know, and five and a half with the power brick, which is a big deal, because the power bricks on these gaming laptops are really heavy, oh, yeah. and you got to carry yep. that with you. The Lenovo one's not too bad. So, I mean, it sounds like you want eight cores, and I... Uh, and I think, so I just finished a review on the XPS 15. Um, I will say there are throttling issues. You put uh, an eight-core HK part, i9 HK part into, uh, it's an overclockable part into a sub, it's a 4.2-pound laptop. It, there's, it, it's going to, you're going to hit thermal limits, same as with the MacBook Pro 15, kind of like that similar thing where they both put giant CPUs in them. Mm-hmm. I, I just think you got to go for, and you know what's interesting is most of those 15 inch gaming laptops, they're not putting eight core CPUs in them. Interestingly, a lot of them are putting in six cores because they know, like you know, you 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 now are going to eat up your thermal budget for the eight core for gaming. You would rather have fewer cores and a bigger GPU is what I'm seeing in most of the gaming laptops these days. So, God, I say you just, ah, boy, that's a rough one. I. I would have to know what you're doing. If you're going for CPU and you, you're doing, say, 3D modeling or something, I think XPS 15 is a good compromise, but just realize it is a compromised platform because you push the GPU and the CPU at the same time, and you're going to have issues for a long period of time. Yeah. In gaming, particularly. But well, what- if you are using it for content creation... I did not have any issues. I actually did a bunch of encoding on it with the CPU. Eventually, it's gonna throttle down more but definitely the xps 15 is the issue when you are pushing the gpu and cpu very heavily Mm. but i did i did uh, cuda encodes i did hevc i did you know just cpu handbrake encodes not too bad gaming on it eh, gonna hit issues but for what you're probably going to do in your application that might be the only game in town to get eight cores into a you know 4.2 pound laptop yeah yeah I like you know. my time with the Lenovo though, that P1. That was yeah. Nice. I mean, you know, and I didn't, I didn't stress the Lenovo as hard, but I, I don't think they're putting a Core i9 overclockable part in it. Yeah, I can't remember what's on. So, that. if they do, it's the same thing. You just these are like four-ish pound laptops. They are gonna, they're gonna, they're, those clock speeds are not gonna hold up under really heavy loads. Frankly, I, I don't see it. The only thing you can do is bite the bullet and go for something heavier. You know, yep. It's the only. It's a, it really only answer. You just you, you can't have your cake and eat it too for some reason. I don't know why. True. So. All right. Last question before we head out of here. Original Aimer wants to know uh, what is Gordon playing right now. Same thing as always. <laughs> That's what the chat <laughs> Although, had already guessed it. <laughs> I really, I was, I was doing some testing in uh, PUBG on a laptop. Saying, you know, what? I could play this because you can play with teams now, even though they're I just played sort that of, for like, a long time. Teams. I might, I might try it, even though it's just kind of like... Uh, I actually considered firing up Battlefield 4 again, going back to Battlefield 4, you know? 4? Why 4? 
Well, because five was just didn't work for me. Just not all that. Yeah. So one was a waste of money as well. Uh, yeah. So four is kind of like... Because that was like near future, right? I think. Yeah, it yeah. was modern, but it was just kind of like it worked well and everything. So I may go back to four at some point, but... Uh, Rusty's asking, why, why aren't you playing the Bayonetta? The Bayonetta. <laughs> <laughs> for, for me, I have a weird job. Like, I test graphics for a living, and I oversee all of our gaming coverage, so Hayden's articles I edit. So I actually have, like, two or three hours into, like, hundreds of games, and I never finish any. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's why I have hundreds of hours into one game. So that's, that's usually my gaming pattern. Nice. And I play way too many games. So. Really? Yep. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's get out of here because once again, we I'm got to go. always hungry. All right. Hey, check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and also please leave us a review every time you do. Brad plays a new game. Brad plays a new yes. game. Sorry, I got this. What the heck? Why in the world? Oh wait, my phone is now transcribing what I'm saying. It's just who knows. Thank you, Google. Uh, same questions and comments to the full nerd at PCWorld.com. We are going to get to them. I know we've got a bunch stacked up, but please do. And thanks for coming. I'm Gordon. I'm with Brad Charkas. Adios. Adam Patrick Murray is going to hit the off switch. Uh, the Search 2. Really good game. Play it.